Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. More than 75% of Christians say nothing can be known for sure. They don't believe the Bible. Huh? They don't believe in the God who created the earth. Somebody say amen. If there's no absolute truth, then by definition, nothing can be said to be absolutely true. You'll get that on the way home, okay? Listen to this article. Absolute truth versus situational truth. Absolute truth versus situational truth. Absolute truth means, and I was reading this article, absolute truth means a truth that is unchanging and stays the same. It isn't changed by circumstances or feelings. Situational truth, which is a lie, situational truth changes based on circumstances to give a fairer, balanced approach where each instance is taken as it comes. If you believe it's true, then you, de- you define what's true for you situational truth. Christians, we believe in the absolute truth of the word of God. Am I right about it? I'll wait while you clap your hands. I'll wait. And true Christians are ready to fight for the truth. And true Christians stand up for the truth. Say amen. True Christians will earnestly contend for the faith. And one last thing, saints, Can I encourage you? Listen, we are at critical mass in our country. Seek truth. Because truth is still essential. Am I right about it? Truth is essential. The belt of truth holds your garments together. The word of God, the truth of the word, holds the Christian together. Paul says... Put on the belt of truth and then notice what's next. What's next? What's next? The breastplate of righteousness for the Roman soldier. He has everything tucked in. He's ready. Next, he puts on the breastplate of righteousness. You can't run into battle unless you put on your breastplate. The breastplate, take notes, protected vital organs, lungs and intestines and your abdomen and your heart. Actually, in the ancient Roman world, they called the breastplate the heart guard, the heart guard. No Roman soldier would go into battle without this, his vital organs being protected. Listen, you can take a shot in the thigh and you can take a shot in the arm and you can take a shot in the shoulder, but you can't take a shot in your vital organs. You can't take a shot in your heart or you're dead. Saints, when we go to battle, we've got to protect our hearts, right? We put on the breastplate of righteousness. What's that, Pastor Rodney? Keep your pen. 
The breastplate of righteousness is putting on true righteousness. True righteousness comes from Jesus. The breastplate of righteousness speaks of the righteousness in Christ. That's what you write down. The righteousness in Christ. Second Corinthians 521. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The breastplate of righteousness speaks to our position in Christ. When the enemy comes in like a flood, that's the time to go to battle. You got to put on that righteousness that's in Christ. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To know that God is good. To know that you're standing in truth. To know that you're standing in the promises of God. And the promises of God provide peace and protection and security. To know that I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. You got to know this when you're going into battle. Got to know how good God is. Righteousness that comes from him. The breastplate. And then thirdly, your feet prepared with the gospel of peace. You're still with me? Say amen. Your feet prepared with the gospel of peace. Listen, having the right kind of shoes for anything is important and critical. Am I right about it? Israel, we were in Israel uh, 2020 of January. Seems like forever ago. And I had the wrong shoes, y'all. I'm telling you, honey, did we pack everything that we did not need? We had nothing that we needed. Because we had gone to Israel so many times, and it was always so sunny and so warm, and boom, 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 boom. So we bought all those kind of clothes, right? This trip... I've been there 18 times, I, at least. This trip, it was rainy and cold. Actually, somebody said it snowed somewhere in Israel. Somebody told me that. It was rainy and cold. I got a cold there. I got a cold on the way home. I think I might have built up some antibodies because I was sick as a dog when I got home. And so I was sick as a dog when we got home. Took the wrong shoes. I had some, you know, the REI shoes, but these were the mesh kind. You know, the mesh shoes, and they were good walking shoes, but they were the mesh shoes. And everywhere I went, my feet were wet because it rained, rained, rained. I was so miserable. It was a wonderful trip. (laughs) And I hated it. (laughs) It was awful. You guys remember, it was awful. In a good way. Awful in a good way. We had the wrong shoes. Shoes are important. Shoes are important for athletics, right? Right shoes are important for war. They are certainly important for hand-to-hand combat. Armies have been defeated for a lack of shoes. Did you know that during the Revolutionary War, one of the greatest problems in America, for the Americans specifically in 1777, North Carolina was getting the troops... Was, was the problem was getting the troops shoes here in North Carolina. You see, at times the Americans were fighting against the British barefoot. Shoes, their shoes wore out. Shoes are important. The Roman soldier was putting on shoes in order to advance against the enemy. The shoes gave him some traction and keeps them from slipping. And without spiritual shoes... We can't keep our traction without our spiritual shoes. Are y'all following me? Without our spiritual shoes, 
will we'll keep slipping and will keep falling without our shoes. The enemy will keep knocking you down, having your feet shot or prepared with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What does that mean, Pastor? The gospel of peace. That's the gospel. Right. Sometimes called the gospel of Christ and sometimes called the gospel of God. It's the good news that we have peace with God. To make peace with God means that you're not an enemy with God. Did you know that you're not an enemy with God? Did you know that God is on your side? God is not against. Somebody get glad about that. God is not against you. He's for you. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves us. We make peace with God when we give our hearts to Jesus. Before you give your heart to God and before you give your life to Jesus, the Bible teaches you're an enemy with God. You're at odds with God. You're at opposition with God. But then when you give your life to Jesus, then you make your way the, red, the white flag. I was going to say the red flag. The flag's white. The white flag. I surrender. I give up. I give up. And you make peace with God. And now God is for you. And now you're not opposing God. When Satan comes attacking us, we have to stand in this great truth that we are at peace with God, right? Therefore, God is for me and not against me. How many of you know our God is a God of peace? Huh? Philippians 4, 6, memory verse, Philippians 4, 6, 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Folk don't understand why you have peace. Folk don't understand why, why, why the corona doesn't have you fearful. They don't understand it. They don't understand it. Why? Because they don't know what the peace of God feels like. I have the peace of God in my heart. And not only that, but I'm going to tell you something. That cannot, come on, come on. You're going to do it, do it right. I got a piece of God in my heart. And what will be, will be. Am I right about it? Look, I'm going to say this as lovely as I possibly can. We're all going to die someday. I trust the Lord that when it's time for riding to go, I'm going to bounce. That means leave, y'all. Some of y'all are like, he's going to bounce? What does bounce mean, Harry? Susan? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. I'm going to go be with Jesus. In the meantime, in between time, I'm going to be right here doing the work of the ministry. And I won't be fearful because I have the peace of God that passes understanding. Where the peaceful people at? Come on, clap your hands and say amen, Pastor. And this peace, by the way, this peace, by the way, has nothing to do with people or circumstances. It has nothing to do with how much money you have in the bank. It has nothing to do with outward circumstances, but inward confidence. This kind of peace is built on the knowledge that my sins are forgiven and I am a child of God and nothing good will God withhold from me. Even when you don't understand things happening in your life and in this world, you can have peace. Peace that exceeds understanding the shield of faith put on the shield of faith y'all still with me say amen the shield of faith is faith in what god has promised in battle when the enemy shoots arrows 
from a distance, the Roman soldier would squat down behind the shield and be completely protected. Shields were sometimes called doors. As a matter of fact, Miss Mary, let me have my, my, my Roman soldier graphic. I want to kind of see it so I can talk about it. Um, I have a Roman soldier graphic. There you go. Do I have a bigger one than that or no? Okay, fine. So you can see the shield. This is what I really want you to see. Oh, that's better. Thank you. Uh, you can see the shield. And the shields, as I mentioned, were sometimes called doors because they covered the whole man. Uh, There were two types of shields. One was a small shield and a lightweight shield attached to the wrist. And the other is what you see here was a large two and a half foot wide, four to five feet tall shield. It was solid wood covered in metal. Paul is talking about that shield, the shield of faith. You see, when the enemy fires at you and when Satan throws darts at you and darts. Thank you, Miss Mary. And darts at your heart and fiery darts, the Bible talks about, of the enemy at your thoughts and at your mind. Oh, Miss Mary, you in the audience. Who's back there? Miss Gina? I just saw you. I went, man, that girl good. She controlling stuff. and She's sitting in here. I'm like, oh, okay, Miss Gina. Thank you, Miss Gina. What was I saying? Fiery darts at your mind and fiery darts at your thoughts. Darts to distract and discourage and to make you depressed and fearful. You get behind the shield of faith and it repels those darts by appropriating the truth. The faith that Paul is talking about is not the body of Christian belief. It's basic trust in God. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about the body of Christian belief. He's talking specifically about faith and basic trust in God in the facts of God's word. It takes faith to walk in facts of God's word. We're covered in the righteousness of God. That's a fact. And it takes faith to embrace the reality that it is a fact that we have peace with God. Faith is saying, yes, I believe the truth. Faith is saying he is my righteousness. Faith is saying that he is my peace. Therefore, I'm going to respond to that and live in that faith is taking the truth and applying it in a specific situation. Y'all pick that up. Faith is taking a specific truth, taking the truth and applying it to a situation in your life. And so in times like these, we see the faithful, don't we? It's easy to talk about faith. It's so easy to talk. Look, I'm a preacher. I've been preaching for 30 something years. I can do a sermon on faith. I can preach a good sermon on faith. Pastors and leaders around the country can preach better sermons on faith than myself. But it's a whole nother deal, people, to walk in faith, to trust the Lord when it's time to trust the Lord. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Hmm? Where's your faith? In this crisis and pandemic, the helmet of salvation, I'm almost done. Everybody okay? The helmet of salvation. The helmet is arguably most, the most important piece of armor. If you don't have a helmet, then all the other 
pieces of armor actually are pretty useless. The two most vulnerable spots in a battle, you know, is your head and your heart. The Roman soldier's helmet was called a galea, G-A-L-E-A, a galea. Rich armies used a metal helmet and poor armies used leather. The head is the command of the whole body. It's the seat of the mind. If the devil wants to attack you, saints, he's going to attack the mind and the heart first. That's why the Bible tells us that we have to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ because the battle is right here. Quite honestly, the battles right here that affects right here, that affects right here and how you walk. So that's why he attacks your mind. That's why the Bible says you got to take every thought captive. That means bring every thought down to the obedience of Christ. That means when Satan tells you something that doesn't align with the word of God, then you say, no, God's word says and you bring it down. And then he goes on to say, and you're ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So you take vengeance on negative thoughts. You take vengeance on the devil when you bring the thought down and bring yourself into the obedience of Christ. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down. This battle's right here. This is where it starts. It starts right here. Your thoughts. Satan's coming for your thoughts. Satan is the master at mind games. He attacks with deception and distraction and discouragement and divisiveness. And the helmet of salvation. It simply means that I can stand absolutely confident that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for me. I'm absolutely confident that he's coming back for me. And I'm absolutely confident and assured that I have an inheritance in heaven. The helmet of salvation is living in the awareness of that, in the awareness and the knowledge that I am saved and I'm going to heaven and nothing's going to attack that thought, which keeps me going in faith, which then I grab hold of that truth. See how it all works together and it brings righteousness and peace to my life and I finish well. And the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, y'all still with me? which is the word of God. The sword is your only attack weapon. The Roman soldier would have two types of swords, a little dagger called a mercuria, a little dagger. And that little dagger was 24 inches long, two inches wide. The little dagger was good for up close and personal fighting. And then they had the broadsword, the broadsword. The broadsword was three to four feet long with a massive handle. You've probably seen it in the Roman battles or gladiator or something like that. The gladiator games or something, whatever. So this is a really long sword with a really massive handle. The soldier would lift that sword over his head and he'd come riding in. You have seen him. And those swords are heavy, too. And he'd come riding in with that sword. And he's swinging, he riding on a horse and people, the footmen are on the ground and he's swinging, trying to give people split personalities. <laughs> and you got it. <laughs> and that broadsword was dangerous. It was a tremendous weapon. 
and you wanted to have a helmet on to deflect the blow from the broadsword, a soldier would never, never listen, never, ever goes into battle. I'm almost done with a weapon that he is not familiar with. If you've been in the military, you know this to be a fact. If you have a weapon, you are going to get familiar with it regularly. Once, twice, three times a week, you're on the range. We were in the military. I was in the military. I was a hospital corpsman in the Navy. Go Navy. And I was a medical guy assigned to Marine Corps units. So basically the corpsman actually had like two Marines to protect him as we move around and, you know, do force marches and so on. They're like a Marine on left. And their job was to keep me alive, essentially. Because if you kill the medical guy, then you can really take out the unit pretty easy. So, but we had to carry a 45 and we had to train with it and clean it and take it apart in certain minutes and clean it and put it all back together. And you had to get familiar with it, go to the firing range, all of this. You never go to battle with a weapon that you're unfamiliar with. You need to be familiar to save your life. Well, Hebrews chapters four, chapter four, verse 12 tells us for the word of God is living. Can you read it with me, saints? For the word of God is living and powerful. Come on, read it like you mean it. And sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If the Christian soldier is going to be skilled at anything, it needs to know how to use the word of God. For the word of God. And in order for you to use the word of God, you got to be familiar with it. In order for you to get familiar with it, you got to read it. You're not going to get it if you don't read it. You can't put the Bible under your pillow and lay your head on it and let it absorb into your brain. Say amen. You got to read it. You got to open the book. You got to sit there and read it. Well, I just don't understand it. That's why I don't read it. So? We've been talking about Revelation for weeks. Blessed is he who reads and hears and keeps the words of this prophecy. It doesn't say, blessed is he who reads, hears, keeps, and understands. There's a whole bunch of stuff in the Bible I don't understand. I got to get up here and teach stuff I don't understand. Y'all like, oh, we in trouble now. The pastor talking about stuff we don't even know what he's talking about himself. It's okay. I don't need to understand it all. I really don't. I really don't. What I need to do is be a doer of that which I do understand. And therein, my people, lies the problem. Folk know a lot and do very little. I'd rather know very little and do a lot. Right? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then verse 18 here, I'm done. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer. Pray always for all the saints at all times. Pray always for all the saints at all times. Come on, say it with me. Pray always for all the saints for all times. Come on, say it again. Pray always for all the saints at all times. You got to put on the armor of God in prayer. So you put on the belt of truth by telling God in prayer that you believe what he said. 
And you put on the breastplate of righteousness by acting on what God has said and doing what is right before God in a particular situation. And you put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. When you say, God, I want your peace that passes understanding and you put on the shield of faith by walking in faith and by acting like God is telling the truth. You act like God is telling the truth because he is. You're walking in faith and not fear. And you put on the helmet of salvation in prayer when you take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ and you take the sword of the spirit when you quote scripture over your situation. And you put all of these things on in prayer. Somebody once said, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 is the Christian dress for success. I like that. The Christian dressed for success. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.